The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now we're joined by Regina Doherty, Deputy Leader of Shannon there and Fine Gael Spokesperson on Transport, Sorka Clark, Sinn Féin TD for Longford Westmead, Spokesperson on Education, and Dr. Terry Prone, Chairman of the Communications Clinic. Doctor. <laughs> I have this written large in front of me. Dr. Prone. Isn't it so cool? I got invested, conferred with the doctors of letters and I got to keep the robes and the god-awful hat. The hat is something else, Pat. It really is. <laughs> but you get to keep it anyway. I do, yes. So you'll, uh, the next Halloween, <laughs> you could be out there. Uh, we were going to start on, I suppose, one of the lighter topics and that is uh, the, the Late Late Show. I just got the thing from Sarah McInerney saying that much though she'd like to grill children about their favourite toys next uh, Christmas there's an election coming and other pressing matters so she let RT management know weeks ago that she wasn't interested so Regina we'll start with you who should present the Late Late Show? You know, I'm not sure because I, and I was quite surprised um, about Claire yesterday and I can totally like understand the reasons why obviously because of her small children and stuff like that and it is hard to be able to do everything um, but I was surprised by that so I think my money might have been on her um, so I'm not sure. And again, I like I think about some of the people that are being named and this is going to sound probably mean and I don't mean it to sound mean. I wouldn't have ever put them in a kind mm. of a race to be ready. So mm. I think I'd be looking because it is our flagship and because it is probably the biggest programme that RT do. I'd be looking for something, somebody with stature and draw. Um, and some of the names that we see in the papers, I don't think probably would draw anybody for a couple of weeks, let alone the next 10 or 15 yeah. years. And so we do need... You know, I suppose it's got to be someone that you want to spend your time with yeah. and feel on comfortable with. On a Friday night, with. you know. So yeah. How about you, Sorka? Well, my money was actually on Sarah until about three minutes ago when somebody <laughs> handed me the, um, a copy of the tweet. I'm bitterly disappointed. I thought she would have been absolutely excellent at the role. She's a fantastic interviewer and she has that skill and ability to draw people in. That said, I see where she's coming from with the election loom and it is one of her strongest points is in and around politics. The, I think apart from my own selfish wish to see her on the Late Late Show I think for herself she has probably made the right decision and let's be honest the now, toy show is always the pinnacle Dr. Of the Prone late what show. say you uh, your uh, <laughs> medical analysis of the problem <laughs> my medical analysis of the problem is that this is much wider than the presenter that first of all if you look at James Corden in the States and the programme there there was a great deal of bull about him leaving the programme and all that jazz the fact is that it had been losing between 15 and 20 million dollars per show. The kind of show that The Late Late Show has become is not one that any intelligent presenter would immediately want to take on because it has become very much a sequence of celebs pushing books or films and the problem is that in many cases we have already seen them on British media or American media or on social media and so unless they do a complete revamp and turn it into a real um, parade of unexpectedness Mm -hmm. a variety show presented by somebody who can do hard news current affairs tough interviews but who can pivot fast to what is funny, who's an interest in music, all of that sort of stuff, then it doesn't matter. And whoever uh, is picked to present it needs to be very careful. I do want to fight with Regina, however, which is always good, because I don't buy this thing of any female presenter 
um, pulling out on the basis that they have small children. Gabo had small children. I suspect you had reasonably small children, Pat, when you did it. I don't think that that is a reason that is specific to women. I think that it's something that applies to fathers and mothers alike. But See, now that's I where think. the analysis uh, comes in. You know, streamers are eating into live television. Yeah. There's, no, there's no question yes, about right. it. Also, uh, if there's a moment on The Late Late Show, I remember when I was doing it, that moment, you, you had to really capture it live. Now mm. it's on YouTube. Yes. You know, yeah. So you're going to find it anyway. So yeah. if Terry mm-hmm. Prone uh, slaps me in the face and it's big news and everyone's talking about it, just go on YouTube and there it goes. So that, it doesn't that, help, that is though, Pat, that I don't know whether it was in under your ages or somebody else's. The announcement of who's appearing on the programme in advance, I always thought was a mistake. The element of tension of we don't know what the next stinker is going to be. Come back to us after the ads. That got lost once you started advertising the people. I think also though Pat, the fact that it is on a Friday evening, the fact that the format is what it is, to go too far away from that, you'd actually be kind of undermining what the Late Late Show has represented for so many decades that it's been there. So if we are going to reimagine or 40 years are going to reimagine what are they reimagine it to? Like as Terry said there are other shows that have been, have been losing colossal amount of well, money. Well first thing, any comparisons with on. say what a, Graham what Norton I mean they plug books and films and records on, on Graham Norton but he's got a selection in London any yeah. week. He's got a selection of 50, 60 to 100 people that he can pick his four guests from. Also, they pre-recorded on a yes. Thursday. Mm. So if someone's boring, <laughs> they're they on the cutting edited. room floor. They don't make the cut. I didn't realise that. Actually. Yes. But yeah. I, I think, Sorka, I don't know whether I agree with you or not, because the reason it's it's got its longevity is because people know exactly what it is. Now, I know it's been losing member, or watchers, what's the proper word? Viewers. Viewers um, for years now. So maybe to shake it up might be. But to shake it up, then you're right. It's not going to be the Late Late Show anymore. Exactly. It'll be a kind of a replication of So what of is Tommy's the evolution is that, going to look like yeah. if the next presenter come in? Is it going to be more along the lines of uh, what we see in the UK? Is it going to be more along the lines of what we see in, in the US? I'm not sure that either one is the best to go for. I think it has a uniqueness of its own. The, that if that can remain with the new presenter and, and captured with a new presenter will be a positive mm. thing. Um, lots of people actually going for Anton saying he'd be a good host but um, uh, Dr. Prone here telling me that you'd want to be very stupid to take the job so <laughs> I don't, uh, what does that tell us? <laughs> don't speak for him. <laughs> um, Des Bishop could uh, save the Late Late Show mediocrity says another. What about Oliver Callan qualified journalist and mm. wit? Brendan Courtney can do serious too. There's loads of, of names coming in but I'd say the problem is that they really have to go back to the drawing board in terms of what they want it to be. How long should it be? Yeah. It's a big money earner for RT, yeah. you know, four parts. Why? Because you get five commercial breaks, one uh, one at the beginning, yeah, one yeah. at the end and three in the middle. Uh, Maybe two presenters earner. would shake it up. And so you could have yeah. the soft and the hard. And mm. I don't know, but I'm not I, just personally, I don't think I've watched it other than the Christmas show probably in years. And I'm not sure what would make me. Back back on a Friday night I think they need to make a decision quickly though because we're getting to the point where so many people have said that they don't want the job that somebody who does get the job yeah, we'll eventually will be seen as yeah. kind of the fifth, the sixth, the seventh kind of does it have to be? Unfair. Does it have to be a woman do you Not think? No. The fact that three of the most prominent female presenters have voluntarily ruled themselves out I suspect takes RT off that hook that they can say look we would happily have given it to Miriam or Claire or uh, Sarah, 
but they opted out. Therefore, the next in line yeah. happens to be there, a fellow. There's something else. If there's an inevitability about streaming eating into ratings, and, uh, you know, nowadays RT will push, for example, their streams. They'll say on the player, Kin has got a million views or whatever. So, mm. uh, But still, when you're looking at the regular Monday morning analysis of how the Late Late Show did and you see numbers going down because of the encroachment of streamers, maybe uh, someone who's female goes in and the numbers inevitably fall and they get blamed indeed, yeah. be- because of their femaleness, which wouldn't be the case at all. Anybody would suffer the same erosion. Mm. There was a headline in one of the papers this morning that called it a toxic job, which I had never heard before. But maybe that's the reason. Maybe whoever mm. takes it, you know, unless you're going to completely turn it around and improve the ratings, it's always going to be seen as your fault that they keep going where it's probably not. And another factor, un- unless, Pat, you decided to go back into yeah. it. Um, <laughs> another factor is the money, because um, Ryan has undoubtedly done himself a good deal uh, separating his, his radio money but the amount of money that that leaves to pay the presenter is not huge it wouldn't be of international rate. It wouldn't be attractive to some of the names that have been mentioned internationally because say the stand-up guys uh, if they go on tour in the UK they can make yeah. more money in a short tour mm-hmm. than yes. RT would pay them for an entire year of slogging themselves Absolutely. on the late Absolutely, yes. So. Anyway, we shall see. The other great entertainment of course this weekend is the Coronation Soccer. Will you be glued? Um, do you know I, I Just to catch a glimpse of I Michelle, if nothing else. I, I won't, Pat, to be honest with you. I'm actually not a big television watcher over the weekend, believe it or not, to start off with. But uh, what I will say about the coronation, and, and, and leaving aside kind of the politics thing for a time, you have to hand it to the British. They do pageantry very well. Yes. And that's exactly what this is going to be. It is going to get international coverage and they're certainly going to get British coverage. As as right, this is a very historic day for a number of different reasons. But even from the pageantry of it alone, like we've seen when the when that programme The Crown came out, I don't think people actually expected it to do as well as what it did. There is an international the uh, uh, curiosity, intrigue, yeah. intrigue yeah. actually, about any of the royal families. And the British royal family would obviously be the best well-known day across Europe. So I think the pageantry will certainly be there. We're going to be inundated with it from, from the traditional media, from social media. I'm assuming it's going to be covered at length on various different outlets all of um, next week as well. It'll be the papers. And I'm sure there's plenty of people who will want to keep some of those papers for prosperity to pop up into yeah. the attic with well, the rest I, I mean, there's no question about it that mm. it is a, a curiosity and when I hear people saying I won't watch it on a principle I'm just thinking you know you'd watch Macron maybe being inaugurated you'd watch Joe Biden or Donald Trump being inaugurated because these are you know events, events, events of some it. significance uh, mm. I, I certainly will have it on I will be diverted from time to time to other matters but I'll certainly keep an eye on it there's also that the possibility that something will go terribly wrong you know from a security I, point of view and Again, you know, you'd be on tenter hooks that that won't happen. Yeah, I'm not, I wouldn't have even thought about it that. And I'm mm. not a bit like Sarka. I have stuff to do on Saturdays between mm. kids and supermarket shopping, so it's not something that I'd sit down. But you know what? I probably will have the radio on in the background or my phone. You know, um, again, I think I might agree with you. This notion of people kind of tutting or giving out about RTE. First of all, they're absolutely our nearest neighbours. And as you said, Sarika, there is a huge intrigue around. I can Now, this is an, a different event, but the weekend um, the Princess Diana died, I think everybody was glued to their televisions for 48 hours or longer looking at the events. There is a curiosity and interest. Um, and they are our nearest neighbours. And come here, the, the man, had, how long is he waiting? 50 years to be the king? Give him his day and let him have, you know, uh, but isn't that the joy of his country behind thing, him. Regina, about this coronation? Like, the chances are we will see two coronations of British monarchs within our lifetime. Probably, yeah. Do you know what I mean? 
given the age profile of of the, the, the yeah, he, I mean he is, he is in he is his mid seventies, so yeah. unlike uh, his mother, who yeah. probably held on longer than Charles wanted uh, yeah. her to, mm. um, she didn't take a leaf out of the Pope, uh, Pope, the late Pope Benedict's book when he decided to retire. She, she was pretty yeah. able, though, right to the last uh, few Charles weeks of her life. Charles was actually bloody lucky that she held on as long as she did, because it allowed him to come out from under some of the negative uh, reaction to, for example, Princess Diana's death and allowed him to become not quite a national treasure, but an accepted royal and his wife accepted. And that takes time. And the Queen granted him that time. The only thing I need to bring to this table is a piece of news uh, I owe to Stuart Clark, who tells me that the shops in London um, are, have put their bunting and flags um, at half price uh, that the interest <laughs> is not overwhelming. Wow. Mm. I'm disappointed mm. because I think the pageantry and particularly all oh, brass bands brass bands and military marching, yes. Um, more of the text coming in on WhatsApps uh, on The Late Late Show. Uh, perhaps bring back The Late Late as it was. Serious discussions on issues of national and local importance on a lighter side too. Doesn't have to be just celebs. Mm-hmm. Unknown people can be just as interesting. It's Brendan O'Connor uh, for me. Another one saying Sharon E. Violine. Uh, different presenter every week says Shane and Limerick. No, Joe no. Duffy can do serious tragedy, light culture, history, etc. I think The Late Late is a poison chalice for anyone who gets it. What about Ray Darcy? Uh, why whip a dead horse? Late Late has had its day. It was only you. Could Ah, no, come on. <laughs> <laughs> My nice great one, mentor, <laughs> Gabo, did it for 37 years. How he could do that, I do not know. Another one intriguing. Maybe somebody already has the job on The Late Late Show and saying nothing due to a confidentiality clause and the others are all jumping ship before they can be embarrassed by their failure. That's clever. I don't know. Anyway, uh, on to other matters. Um, The the business of council houses being used by the tenants to rent a room to the tune of up to 14 grand a year tax-free. Regina. Yep, I think it was probably the natural, the next natural step for us to take. Um, we have across Europe one of the most underutilised housing stocks in the country, and not just in our county councils, but in all housing types. Um, we have far too many people living in three, four, and five bedroom houses when all the kids are gone and they stay there for the rest of their lives, and that's our fault because we haven't given them the opportunity to right size. Um, to a are you talking type about council people? Both, in, so because the in the private sector, there's virtually nothing to downsize to. No, mm. and it's the same in the council because they don't have the right. And so for argument sake and any of our council stock if they had a family had lived in a three or a four bedroom house and all the kids have grown up and gone and the mammy and daddy are still there the council can't move that family out of their home because it's their home and that's probably the right thing to do but even if they could we don't have anywhere for them to go to so I think it's the next natural step to allow those empty bedrooms to be used um, for students for single people for you know young couples maybe with uh, a child or something that don't have a permanent residence in a step gap or stop gap yeah but isn't there isn't there something very wrong about a family with maybe two kids living in a hotel room and you've got people living in a big house with loads of bedrooms and structurally we can't make it happen. You know, you can't do it to private property, but certainly to local authority property. It seems odd. They're on the housing list for the local council. You've got maybe one person or two people rattling around in a big local authority house. Mm-hmm. And meantime, they're paying for kids to grow up in a hotel room doing their, their homework on the bed. I was quite surprised in that context, Pat, that people were objecting because, oh, they're they're in social housing. They're, they're only renting. They're not... This is 
capitalism. And why should we not want people who don't have a hell of a lot of money to make a bit of money by solving a national problem? I think it, it is it is brain dead obvious that this is the way to go. I do do think so some of the rules need to be looked at because there was an interesting thing, albeit in the uh, private sector, in the Irish Times, I don't know if you saw it this week, where a woman in Mountjoy Square uh, rented out the oh, basement to a guy, a charming guy, um, for two years, grand. And he mm. sublet the thing for 10 years, which kind of causes her problems. So obviously the length of time that people are going to be allowed to do this for and the methods, that needs to be looked at. But as a principle, it's great. And of course, the RTB will not have a role in all of this. Exactly, because anybody who... So they're not supposed to become landlords. ...is is renting a room, isn't a tenant. You're actually what's called a licensee. So if you think back to the no-fault eviction bond, that didn't apply to people who were renting rooms and houses. I think where we stand at the moment, because of the colossal mess the housing is at the minute. Everything has to be looked at and looked at in detail. But what we're missing here is the is the detail. How yeah. is this actually going? To I work? mean, are there you dangers that of, some older people might be exploited by the people they bring in as tenants? Mm. But you spoke of people rattling around in council <coughs> houses that were too big for them. The question I would put to you is: How do you know how many of them have actually asked to move? Have actually no, no idea. Them. We don't have exactly. that detail. And I know the from my own constituency, we have a huge amount of people who have been approved for transfer to smaller properties, yeah. and but also, they don't exist. Yeah, if there were new properties, they would yeah. probably be A-rated. The energy bills would be low. They'd be comfortable. They'd be Uh, and accessible. A lot more accessible than older houses. To me though, at the moment, what we need to see come from government on this is a little bit more detail that we can actually make an informed decision. Will it, what is the situation for a tenant? Some local authorities exclude certain income when it comes to eligibility for social housing. Others then take that into consideration for calculating of the rent. But in a situation where, say, there is a couple in a three-bedroom house, choose to rent out one of the rooms to somebody else. Does that somebody else then become deemed adequately housed by the local authority, even though they are simply renting a room, are they then taken off the housing list as such? Yeah. Because but, but you, just to clarify, I mean, they can rent it to moment. anybody. Yep, they can. You, you know, not someone who's on the housing list, mm. a student who's... No, they uh, can rent it to anybody. A, yeah. So the only thing, uh, and they, the uh, Department of Housing is actually working with all of the local authorities now to iron out the details that Serica has just sought the information on. But the one thing that's absolutely clear is that this people living in council houses for no matter how long will be treated exactly the same way as tax exempt as those who currently rent out rooms availing the 14 grand tax free allowance or income every year in exactly the same way. It won't be considered income. It won't go towards a percentage of their direct deferential rents. No, because it's giving parity to people who own private houses. That's what we're trying to do. We're not trying to make different classes of people. Doesn't the local authority own the house? And you'd imagine that any profit that accrued from the ownership of that property should accrue to the local authority. But you know, if we start making this thing more complicated it's going to defeat the purpose. What we want to do is to utilise some 45% of the 130,000 houses that are owned by the state with families living in them, the sum of the kids are gone, allow them to actually avail mm. of the 14 grand tax-free income um, by renting yeah. out one I or have two to rooms. tell you though, the other morning when we covered this uh, story when it broke, um, the outrage mm. among people saying, you know, people who are on social welfare, housed by the state, paying minimal rents, then they get 14 grand tax yeah, but free. But that's to miss the point yeah. that those people will then have money which they are not going to spend in Dubai. They're going <laughs> to spend in the local community. That's 
good for the local community. Your people who were protesting so heavily need to get a grip. I think another thing that needs to be pointed out though, Pat, is the fact that like, if you look at the Fair Deal scheme and the changes that were made there, I think there's about 24 people have applied to that at the moment. What this is, is another tinkering around the edges but of the But you saw what the, there was advice given by one of the experts on Fair Deal saying change. to people, don't do Fair Deal because you may have serious trouble trying to ask the tenant to go uh, on the demise of the person who owns the property. So, mm. But that's the culture yeah. that has been created in the last couple of months is that we have the opposition telling people to overstay, you know, because of the situation that we have. What, what we need to you remind ourselves here... might want to just here, clarify that remark, to remind Regina, ourselves as to who it was that said that statement. Uh-huh. Well, members of the opposition have... If you want to clarify a little before, there's quite well, a few Quite a number of people have well, advocated overstaying, have. I have to so, say. Look, we, we what have we need to, to do is to keep it simple we, and we to allow have, that stuff. We have to leave it there. Regina Doherty, Deputy Leader of Shannon there and for the Grail Spokesperson of Transport, Sorka Clark, Sinn Féin TD for Longford Westmeath, Spokesperson on Education and Dr Terry Prone, Chairman of the Communications Clinic. Thank you one and all. That's all we have time for. A reminder that our items from today are uploaded as podcasts, which you can listen to in the News Talk app powered by GoLoud. Just search for the The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk. The Pat Kenny Show.